0: Welcome to episode 5 of Opportunity Unlocked, the podcast where we discover and uncover opportunities for growth during COVID-19. I'm your host, Noah I Forget. To all of our amazing listeners, truly thank you for the support. We're growing super fast, and it's all thanks to you guys. And I do ask to anyone out there who has been enjoying what we're doing with this pod, please leave a quick review for us on Apple Podcasts to continue helping us grow and spread our positive message. Have you flown anywhere in the last 50 days? Do you plan on flying anytime soon? The answer to these questions is a hard no for almost everyone in the world right now, and this is creating big problems for the trillion-dollar worldwide airline industry. So who better to talk to about fighting the fight against COVID's impact than Ferio Pugliese, Senior Vice President at Air Canada. In his role, Ferio has overall responsibility for the strategic direction of Air Canada's regional operations and oversight for all relationships between the airline and various levels of government. Prior to joining Air Canada, he held executive vice president positions at Hydro One, WestJet, and Catalyst Paper Corporation, often spearheading the effort to develop their company cultures. He has also been recognized by Caldwell Partners as one of Canada's top 40 under 40. The air travel and entire transportation industry is being completely transformed because of the coronavirus, forcing everyone to stay home. We dig into how Air Canada is responding and the unique opportunities they're finding in this chaos with Fario, who is really on the front lines of this response in Canada. I hope you enjoy. Fario, thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: So I want to begin by hearing your perspective on creating strong company culture, something you've been responsible for as the leader of of culture at big organizations uh, like WestJet, for example. Uh, It's one thing to create a strong culture in a smaller team, but an entirely different thing to do so in a a company with thousands of of employees. So right now in our Canada, at an organization with over 30,000 people, what values do you believe creates an engaging culture in that type of massive corporation?
1: Well, look, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when when you talk culture, and I'm I'm often asked this question just from the various organizations that I've been a part of, and to say, you know, what builds strong cultures. When you use the term values, that's what builds strong cultures. So, you know, my view is if you go and you look uh, under the hood of any company that has a high-performing, uh, culture has a high-performing, highly engaged workforce. What you will find there, more often than not, is that they have a set of values, principles, and belief that they all stand behind, and the people that work there are personally aligned to those values. And so, when I think about cultures, like you know, I look at Air Canada as an example. Speak to them as they're my present employer. Is it's a culture uh, that is built on. A great sense of pride. This is a company that has been around for over 85 years and has served the needs of Canadians over that period of time. It's moved Canadians Mm -hmm. across the country. It's moved Canadians back and forth through the United States. And, you know, most recently, if you look at the last 10 years, the value of entrepreneurial spirit and high performance, uh, you know, Uh, is pervasive through the organization that has allowed air Canada to be now one of the top 10 global airlines in the world. Um, So now we're connecting Canadians to the globe and we're connecting the globe to Canada. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there's that that sense of commitment to to the nation uh, and a sense of pride um, that is really, I think is, is very much an undertow of our culture.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, with airlines getting hit hard across the board right now, um, Air Canada having to furlough some of their employees, eventually bringing a lot of them back thanks to the government. But, you know, through a crisis, how do you, you know, maintain that sense of pride in in, and what drives your culture um, and what, you know, values become even more apparent and important during during tough times?
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, during this period of time, there to me, no other value more important than respect, care and respect, because care and respect are the values that in a time when people are going through difficulties, you know, we look out even outside of our own organization and our own lives, there's difficulties people are facing with health. We have to have the care and the compassion to be sensitive to that and to deal with that. And then secondly, mm. the downside the downside of the economy right now, where now you have to have the care, compassion, and respect to deal with those that are unfortunately being impacted by it. So when I look at our organization, yes, we've had the, a very, very unfortunate situation where we've had to um, furlough a number of employees, you know, over 50% of our workforce in a very short period of time. These are people who, you know, have personal and family obligations and so on. So, you know, we need to have a level of care and respect in how we deal with that. And I would say that the relationship that we have with our unions, the professionalism that they demonstrate, uh, and the professionalism that I think the leadership team has demonstrated in working with them, I think we've, and in working with government, we have found some very good solutions around how to address that issue and deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any examples of, of you know, particular solutions or, or cases where Canada had to uh, or stepped in and showed that care and respect for their employees in, in a way that's unique? Well, I think one of the
1: things we're most proud of is if you look at the Canadian um, uh, employee wage subsidy program that was just launched in the last month, you know, we were the first large employer to come out in Canada to um, mm-hmm. use that program. And, you know, we did this, we saw, you know, we saw the massive impacts having on our organization being so labor intensive and how that good program launched by the Canadian government could be a benefit and and we found a way to make that work.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think another interesting example of of that also in terms of, you know, just beyond the uh, poise of the company itself is the repatriation effort that you guys um, that you guys implemented just a couple months ago, bringing back three hundred thousand passengers from all over the world, including some a special set of carefully organized flights as well. can you Can you talk about what it was like to navigate such a huge endeavor, especially dealing with other governments and obstacles like airline closures, travel restrictions, et cetera? Well, look at those sorts
1: of initiatives are broad, broad based team efforts. Um, you know I had the privilege of being part of the the team that worked on that. Um, you know it's a cross section of operations people that are very well versed in how to position uh, aircraft in a short period of time Uh, uh, extreme uh, kudos an extensive level of kudos go to our crews our pilots and our flight attendants who volunteered to take up the charge to go out uh, to foreign countries uh, even in a situation where in many cases those countries were now borders closed to bring Canadians back home Mm -hmm. so you know Uh, facilitating that support across the organization was critical. And then working with the government, uh, you know, one thing we're fortunate of of, of in Canada is we've got a very, uh, we've always been a strong country with our diplomatic relations. And, you know, it's in times like these where you see those things uh, stand to benefit us. And so, you know, going into working with foreign um, embassies, uh, and the Canadian embassies in other countries to find where the Canadians are and the ones that want to come home. I mean, there's a misbelief they're all out there and they all want to come home. They don't all <laughs> want to come home. There's those that are there and saying, I'm fine here for now. And there are those that say, yeah, I need to get back home. And it's for those that need to get back home and work with the embassies, um, our global affairs colleagues uh, in government, uh, along with uh, our operations teams and our uh, sales teams to build out some programs and uh, schedule to get them back. So in total, we ran over 23 flights and uh, on wide body aircraft, triple sevens and seven eight sevens to all parts of the world. And we brought just over uh, roughly almost 10,000 Canadians back home. Mm
0: -hmm. And I read about a specific case with Morocco in which they, they changed their travel policies almost overnight. And you guys had to react very quickly to that one.
1: Yeah, again, you know, and they they weren't alone. You know, a lot of the countries it was happening is if you just go back and look from the middle of March to probably somewhere around early April, it was almost like a domino effect. Every, every day there was an announcement of several countries, you know, shutting down and foreign nationals not allowed in, even, you know, nationals not allowed out and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. you're navigating all of that in real time, right? And that's where, you know, we're, we're not' a, we're, we're a publicly traded uh, private company're we not the government but you, you have to rely on the government to go and use diplomatic services to say okay uh, all right we got these current circumstances now uh, they go in and help apply for slots to uh, to allow us to operate in and out and these these flights were operated on behalf of the Canadian government so there were special repatriation flights that we worked with them on to to operate so that helped
0: that's amazing. You know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, one, unorthodox, but extremely innovative and, and impressive for me opportunity that Air Canada has jumped on. This podcast is all about, you know, uncovering opportunities and, and taking advantage. But um, Air Canada has been converting passenger planes to freighter aircrafts and tapping into the air cargo market. Can you speak a bit about that and, and where that might have come from and, and if you've had any involvement with it? You know, my involvement with it has
1: been more at the periphery, um, so not not direct involvement in that project uh, per se, but just to sort of give you the genesis of it is I think, you know, you can appreciate that during these times, there's a tremendous demand and need to move critical and essential goods around the globe,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, Everything, you know, right now, the big, you know, the big talk is PPE, right? Personal protective equipment for people in the health uh, care industry and even those going about their daily lives is having access to that. So masks and gowns and goggles and face shields and all of those things, not to mention medical equipment, uh, uh, even to the extent of, uh, you know, respirators and, and whatnot. So... There's a high demand. We're not the only ones that are in that space, the cargo business, but I think all air carriers have been hit with this and uh, the face of this, you know, the pending growing demand for cargo. Mm -hmm. Uh, We certainly saw it as an opportunity to say, well, before we go parking these very, very big planes and big assets, maybe there's an opportunity for us to uh, get some uh, value uh, and utilization out of them, as opposed to having a very expensive asset like that sit on the ground, not earning anything. This way we're allowed to put it in the air it's going to make some money in the same, in the process uh, and at the same time help the economy at a very very critical time by moving essential goods and, and services and people around
0: uh-huh and I thought it was it was quite cool to see uh, just last week the longest flight or what's uh, what's said to be the longest flight in Canadian history was completed by one of the cargo planes all the way from Sydney in Australia to Toronto, which I thought was, yes. was quite cool um yeah. So now that the initial blow um, from the virus has been dealt, in terms of you know the damage it's having into our economy, and into the airline industry, what are airlines going to do to make flying safer for passengers and, and crew members in the future?
1: Well, look, I think that's all still, no pun intended, Noah, up in the air. But um, nice. you know, I think, uh, I think. You've seen airlines around the world adjusting and reacting to that. We just launched a program called Clean Care and Clean Care is uh, an initiative that basically works at you know uh, assessing passengers' fitness to fly right at the time of check-in. So taking temperatures, it's an extension really of the mandated Canadian uh, passenger questionnaire that people have to fill out now before they travel. But then also go, when when on board the aircraft, uh, ensuring that there's adequate space between customers uh, on board the airplane, and that the uh, the uh, aircraft is now going through uh, a more extensive uh, cleaning, um, and uh, uh, which you know which we we've, we've been it's the uh, static spring, um, which is a a new technology that's being used to removing unnecessary objects from, you know, the things that you would find in the in-flight seat pocket, like magazines and and uh, reference uh, documents. Uh-huh. Those will be removed outside of the ones necessary for safety. And then the the crew interaction with what will be limited and the crew will be all donned in PPE. So, uh, you know, we launched that initiative to demonstrate that, you know, we're, we're mindful of, precautions and the sensitivities that customers have now with going to fly and this is a you know a manner in which we can start easing our way back into uh to getting back to some level of normalcy um so you know and and this you'll see various measures like this around the world if you look at different parts of the of the world different parts of the globe different airlines have taken on different standards and different measures to this iata the industry um uh, association is probably one of your best places. I would encourage you to go look at, and uh, they've done some good research on this on this uh, front to just indicate what are the things that customers want to go to get ready to fly again that they're going to be most interested in. What
0: was it called? Sorry, IATA, I
1: A T A.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll share those in the episode notes below. Um, and you know, safety is one component of of the future of the airline industry. Um, it does seem that the consensus right now is that air travel will be permanently changed because of the coronavirus and all of its implications. What do you see for the future of the industry in the short term and the long term?
1: Well, look, I mean, you know, there's you're, you're going to see a lot of changes in the industry. It's going to be very, you know, probably a little more protracted than what we saw with uh, the uh, financial crisis and what we saw with... Um, the uh, you know the likes of SARS and 9-11 and so on so with these times you know you'll see various airlines might restructure themselves you've seen that some in other places around the globe um being forced to adjust their products uh, you know schedules will be augmented for a period of time until consumer confidence comes back so um, you know to some degree there'll be aspects of the industry that'll get reset some uh, airlines that have had liquidity problems and challenges, uh, you know, may not uh, survive. So you may see consolidation further in the global industry, the global space. So mm-hmm. all that is all uh, potential if, if uh, the past were a predictor of the future. We did see that coming out of some other crises in the, in, in the past. Now, I say that, I have to coach it with the fact that we've never seen one like this. So uh, tough to predict
0: uh-huh does does Air Canada anticipate uh flying becoming more normal in the coming months years um you know is there a timeline that you guys are following in any capacity yeah
1: i mean we you know we certainly see it uh, it's it's gonna take a few years before we see the, the the flying patterns and consumer confidence coming back at least from from the vantage point of today and of course that's always changing and we're always evaluating
0: it gotcha so with all that's going on in, in, in your working life right now, you know, leading Air Canada as being one of the Canadian companies getting the most attention uh during this tough time, how are you personally staying balanced and, and focused in this new environment? Are there any, you know, tips and tricks um or elements of your routine that you find have been have been working for you, um ways to alleviate stress? Well, look. I mean, you know, one of the one of the
1: benefits of this is, you, you know, in my role, uh, is I'm able to work from home. So I'm getting familiar with all kinds of really nifty technology that I knew was out there but never used before, <laughs> like Zoom and Webexes and Blue Jeans and all these different things. Um, so working from home, you know, is given you know an, an element of flexibility. Where uh, honestly. Um, I would say I'm finding meetings a little more efficient because you get through the agenda and so on and you're able to move
0: yeah. on. Are a lot of your coworkers not working from home? I know most are working from home. Most are working. From gotcha. Home. Yeah. I mean, there there are those that need
1: to be in office spaces because they're in uh, safety critical and operationally critical roles. So they have to be in control. Mm, okay. Um, we've got social distancing and plans and so on. But working from home has been, I've, I've found, highly productive. Nonetheless, I'd say one of the downsides of it is, you know, look, I mean, as leaders, you want to be with your people. And, uh, you know, to me, there's nothing better than when you're, you know, working on plans and strategizing, being in the room with your, with your team and, and working through those things. So we look forward to that. You know, one of the other advantages personally is, you know, certainly being at home, you're getting some more family time because everybody is here. Um, you know, I'm here with my family, my three kids and my wife. Um, so you know uh, it's the little things like having dinner together and uh, being able to see everybody every day uh, has been quite nice and you know in terms of my own routine you know I'm very physically active so you know one rule of thumb is I try as much as I can to never let my uh, work uh, or get in the way of those routines because I think you have to have time out for physical activity mm. so I've set up a a small gym in my office uh, where I have my uh, road bike on a trainer and I spin between meetings. Uh, I've got some work that I let. <laughs> or during meetings. And, uh, and, uh, and then on the weekends uh, lately, I've actually been getting out for uh, the odd uh, ride and run and walk uh, to get some fresh air. So those are sort of the things I try to keep myself in balance on.
0: Uh-huh, and have you ever you know been put in a position in which you had to sort of sacrifice the physical activity um or are you are you very consistent and what kind of mindset do you use? you know I'm sure things pop up there's fires to put out all the time um in terms of not sacrificing what you find to be important um including physical activity
1: yeah, I mean look, I try to exercise every day, and if I don't get exercise in every day i i you know I feel. I don't feel good. I feel, you know, I feel like I've missed something or, uh, you know, impacts my energy. So, but that doesn't mean I get the uh, the luxury of doing that every day. So, you know, I do deliberately try to plan in my day where I'm going to get some exercise, even if it's, you know, I try to do an hour a day, but if I can't, if, even if it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes, I try to do it. Uh, uh-huh. I find that in, under normal circumstances, travel is probably has the biggest impact. Um, but if I travel for a few days, I, I never travel without exercise gear. And uh, now the neat thing is most hotels will provide exercise gear for you if you, uh, if you let them know in advance. So there's no excuses.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and this reduced travel now that you don't really have to travel as much for work. Are you finding that to be something that you very much enjoyed and has been, you know, has very much positively contributed to your your lifestyle? Well, look,
1: it's a nice break to, to be away from travel sometimes because in my line of work, I do it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll be frank, I mean, I miss it tremendously. I mean, it's, you know, it's our business. I'm in the airline business. at Most of my career, I'm passionate about it and I enjoy being on the front lines. I like being on airplanes. I like, you know, interacting with customers, seeing our product watching, you know, how we're running our equipment and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's always for everybody good to get a break because you can, you know, be traveling a lot, but nonetheless, I miss it, you know, tremendously. I look forward to the day where we're getting back to some level of normalcy.
0: Gotcha. I guess, yeah, for someone who works in the airline business, being on airplanes is probably something you do a lot. So quite a bit of a change here. Um, Just a, a final sending off question. Circling back to this idea of culture that you've that you've worked with your entire career and, and put a lot of emphasis on the values. Um, what are your, what's your final advice on creating a, a motivating culture within our, our own lives with our family and our friends um, in this new and quite uh, quite changed environment?
1: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, uh, culture starts from the top. So you know, I would say as in for any leader remember one thing, you set you set the tone for everything. And so, you know, if you ask them the question of what you know it is to keep creative culture, whether it's in good times, tough times, uh, you know, times of difficulty, short or long, you as a leader are the most accountable individual to set the tone. And so your energy your attitude, your values, your principles will be reflected through the organization and those that you have the privilege of leading. So my best advice to any leader is be authentic because, you know, um, you know, in these times, you know, everybody's worked through difficult times, but I think it's okay for us as leaders to admit none of us, none of us have lived through this. None of us have seen such difficult times. And, you know, the most stellar leaders in the world, you can just watch them um, on television, you can read about them, so on, they're grappling with it. So no one's expecting you to have all the answers. But in my opinion, a good leader is one that can tap the minds, the energy, the motivation of those around, and collectively, we will find an answer. We will find a solution. And, uh, and through that, we'll, we'll get past this and we'll be successful. But that comes down to being, you know, authentic, being open and, and some days a bit vulnerable on you know not having the answers but having the humility to go seek those answers from the people that are around you who who can and are committed to help. And and you know, I think the biggest role of the leader is to enable that.
0: Amazing. Fario, thank you so much for your words of wisdom and I appreciate you joining us on the show. It's my pleasure,
1: Noah. I wish you all the best and please stay safe.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Opportunity Unlocked with Ferio Pugliese. If you want to learn more about our guest or look back at the key takeaways of our discussion, you can find it all in the episode notes below. And if you enjoyed, make sure to subscribe and give the podcast a review in the Apple Podcasts app. Thanks for checking in and stay tuned for more episodes with exciting business leaders coming soon.